Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the University of Alaska Fairbanks, Fisheries Professors, Trent Sutton. Good morning, Trent. Hello. And uh, and Andy Seitz. Got it. All right. Got your microphones again. A little closer to yours there, sir. And uh, thank you. Welcome for coming. Thank you for coming in. Now, uh, fisheries professors, when folks think fish for some reason in this state, we all think of uh, Valdez, Erdnan Milchik, or Bristol Bay. Uh, but there's a little more to it than that, isn't there? Oh, yeah. There's, we have, you know, people think of marine fisheries and they think of commercial and recreational fishing, but we have uh, pretty viable freshwater fisheries as well throughout the entire state. There's subsistence fisheries in, in many locations that are, in, in, in several instances, are much larger than the, the commercial and, and recreational fisheries. So it's, it's, much, it's a statewide industry. It's not just located along the coast. Yeah, it's not just a coastal uh, fishery, is it? I mean, you've got, uh, yeah, and uh, you just made a point there, subsistence uh, catches can be larger. In some locations, certainly. Wow. And, yeah. And, uh, if you look up in the areas up along the North Slope or in northwestern Alaska, some of those subsistence fisheries for, for some of the whitefish species are quite large. Oh, I love them whitefish. <laughs> oh, and I just re- I just found out a she-fish is a whitefish. Yes. I are. didn't know that. Yeah. Large predatory whitefish. Yeah. The, I, I, the largest whitefish in the world. Have you ever had she-fish? I have not eaten it, but I've actually had a project involving she fish up in up in uh, Cotsbu Sound area. Oh, you got to try that! Oh, that is good stuff. It is really great. They make this, you know, she fish uh, soup out of it. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's awesome, let me tell you. Uh, and uh, yeah, and that's one thing we have so many different types of fish to look at up here. Uh, you know, all the way from the marine fisheries in the coastal. Up uh, into the rivers, and and you also manage the lakes and and watch those also. Yeah, I mean it encompasses all all freshwater, marine waters, nearshore waters, you know, estuarine areas. It, you know, it covers all all types of systems. So what what do you specialize in? Um, my so my my research that I that I have students involved in is sort of a mix of freshwater and marine. Mm-hmm. Um, historically, I've been mostly freshwater based, but the longer I'm in Alaska, the more marine based I've I've gotten. And mostly sort of population level ecology, for the most part. I work with lampreys. I work with some salmon. I work with whitefish in particular. I've got a project up on the Beaufort Sea, um, looking at at uh, impacts of of, of um, climate change on fish bioenergetics and distributions. Uh, we've got projects here in the interior. I've got projects down in southeastern Alaska looking at Chinook salmon, looking at impacts of some of the declines and, and what's going on there with, with Chinook salmon and and a couple of key rivers down in that part of the state. So a uh, pretty broad array of different types of projects. Okay, southeast, you mentioned, uh, is there such a thing as a white king salmon? Yeah, I don't know a lot about those, but there you've, are. You've heard of Yeah, white flesh king salmon, and they predominantly come from two rivers in British Columbia, in northern British Columbia, that have a genetic mutation that doesn't allow them to uh, store uh, orange comp- the carotenoid compounds okay. that they get from eating 
uh, primarily like krill. And, mm-hmm. uh, so they're these, they have this genetic mutation. Um, and, uh, so when you catch a white king salmon in Alaska, which is, can be fairly common, especially in Southeast and in yeah. Cook Inlet, uh, those fish are most likely have come from British Columbia. Because some friends of ours had a cookout and uh, he, he yeah. was fishing down there. And he brought back a white king salmon. Yeah. And, the, and, and, it was, and it was like, I'd never seen one before. Yeah. And, and it's it, interesting. White king salmon used to sell for, used to be more valuable in fish markets because people thought that they actually tasted better than, than orange fleshed king salmon. And then there's been a bunch of, there's been a bunch of both anecdotal and scientific <laughs> research that people can't really tell the difference between yeah. white and, and orange king salmon when they're blindfolded, but they're both delicious to eat. Oh, they're good eating too. It's yeah. sort of interesting. And, you know, where I'm from in the Great Lakes, White fleshed salmon are pretty common. That's oh really? You, you wouldn't. It's, it's much different there. It's, you grew up in uh, uh, Lakes Country then. Yeah, I grew up in Michigan. In yeah. Michigan, upper or lower? Uh, I grew up in southwestern Michigan, but I spent a lot of time up in the in the Upper Peninsula mm-hmm. as, a, as a graduate student in one of my first faculty jobs. Uh, how did you get interested in in fisheries? Uh, I grew up in a fairly rural area, and I did a lot of hunting and fishing as a kid, and and so when I went to Went to college. I went to Michigan State University, and um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought marine biology because, you know, Jacques Cousteau, and, and they didn't have marine biology in Michigan, obviously. And so mm-hmm. I ended up in a fisheries program, and the rest is history. And here you are. And here I and am. And you've been here for, what, 10 years now? 10 years, yeah. Wow. Oh, and uh, we have uh, also uh, Andrew Seitz. Where are you from originally? I grew up in Maine. Maine? Yeah. And went to Went to college in upstate New York and then got a job in California and then came up to Fairbanks for graduate school 15 years ago, and I can't go much further west after this. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get north and do a little study up there. I yeah, guess, or go out west and do some more studies. Yeah, for fisheries. What what do you specialize in, or what what have you worked on? So I I like Trent. Uh, we I have a general research program uh, covering a lot of both marine and freshwater aspects of fish and fisheries. But most of what I do is looking at fish behavior in an in an applied context, and so. I look at uh, where and when fish cross management boundaries so to, to uh, inform management processes of fisheries. I've looked at where, and, and that's, a lot of that's been for uh, Pacific halibut, mm-hmm. both in the Gulf of Alaska and the Bering Sea. Uh, I've had a Dolly Varden char project going for years now, looking at whether they swim through the federal oil lease areas and uh, trying to trying to infer the potential impacts of of uh oil and gas exploration processes on on these char uh and i've got a king salmon project going uh in the bering sea and one going in cook inlet looking at where and uh where and when those fish swim in certain areas and and putting that in an applied context of perhaps avoiding them in bike as bycatch in in uh, big trawl fisheries such as for pollock I want to, you mentioned King Salmon. We're going to come back and take a short break. That's going to be a question for you. And also I have a question about uh, your your study up there in the Beaufort. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we'll ta- I'll be right back. We have a couple more questions for our guests this hour. UAF Fisheries Professors Trent Sutton and Andy Seitz. Fisheries programs at the university. And we'll talk about internships, too, if you know somebody who might like a career in this field. We'll be right back. Warning show time now, 12 minutes till 9. In studio, from the University of Alaska, fisheries professors Trent Sutton and Andy Seitz. The fisheries program with the university, our topic, and uh, 
research internships are available if you're interested in fisheries as a career. Uh, uh, Andy, how, how did you get into this uh, fisheries? Oh, well, so so I grew up in Maine and was obsessed by fishing and went to college as a clueless 18-year-old and, and didn't even know there was such a career as fisheries. And, uh, well, Maine, I mean, you talk <laughs> about fisheries, you know, marine fisheries out of Maine. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. big there. Um, yeah. Some are doing well, like lobster, and some are doing poorly, like cod. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I took a biology class and realized that there is such a career as fisheries and then just sort of started steering. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Bring towards that direction. Uh, worked at an aquarium in California for four years and was offered a graduate school position up here and and uh, I couldn't turn it down and here yeah. I am. As they say, uh, here I was 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and you're still here now. I want to ask you and about you doing the study on the king salmon. Yeah, and the river runs now. So, that's, so they, they've been poor poor runs for king salmon now for a number of years. Can you can you give us an insight on what's happening out there? So I can give you a little bit of insight, and Trent also has a, a, a several king salmon projects as well, and. Um, it's thought the king salmon decline is related to some some sort of marine conditions going on in the ocean that aren't favorable for king salmon survivorship. And the reason why it's thought that that it's uh, the marine uh, portion of their life life cycle is that uh, we have we have 12 to 15 major king salmon stocks in Alaska, and all of them have declined synchronously, or, they, or their abundance has gone downhill all at the same time. All of them at the same and, time. And that, so that's... if it was a river issue, one would one would think that, that okay, then maybe one or two stocks will go downhill, mm-hmm. and the rest of them will be fine if it's a river issue, so maybe the conditions in one river has changed. But if they all go downhill or decline in abundance, it doesn't matter t- which river. Though. Correct. Okay. And uh, so then that points to the ocean phase of their life cycle, uh, uh, because they all occupy the ocean at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Trent might Trent's done some some projects on that as well. Yeah, I mean we've seen sort of the same things, and it's sort of interesting. Um, some if you look at some of the stocks down in like Washington, Oregon, they actually they're doing pretty well right now. Um, while ours are doing poorly, and, and you tend to see, see these sort of flip situations happen when our stocks are doing well, theirs are doing poorly. So, mm-hmm. again, it's, it's tied back to the marine well, what, about, what about the stocks that are returning, say, to southeast in that area? Are, are they okay, or are they declining also? Uh, they're all declining. All declining. Yeah, they're all oh. on some level of decline. Now, I, I had a guest here a few weeks back uh, who was doing uh, diving out in the western Aleutians, and there was a like a line, she said, where they there was coral or or the 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 food underneath uh, was growing on one side but wasn't growing on the other side. Uh, and have you heard anything on that? I mean, that was interesting because yeah, so that, that would affect the the feeding. Yeah, absolutely. Of, of the and, fisheries. and fish can run into these sort of regional differences yeah. in food availability and predators. And the Aleutians is really interesting. I'm I'm guessing this your your guest was talking about the Aleutians are divi- the islands are divided by these deep ocean passes. They get yeah. these really big 
nasty tidal currents that run yeah, through them. Like uh, Dutch Harbor, this side okay, was great. Yeah. Dutch Harbor, the other side was lousy. Yeah, and they yeah. get these really distinct sort of breaks in the in the animals that live on each side of the pass. So you mm-hmm. can get really different characteristics on each side of the passes. Yeah, in Beaufort, you, you said you have the I'm talking to tra- is, uh, studies up in the Beaufort Sea area, uh, Barrow and that. Yeah, once you get up north past Constable and Point Hope, uh, what type of fisheries are there? What type of fishes, fish actually make it that far? Or live, you know, or survive in that that part of the world. Yeah, so it's predominantly the, the main group of fishes that we see there of some harvest interest are whitefish species. So, mm-hmm. so Arctic cisco, least cisco, broad whitefish, humpback whitefish are the are the big four. Um, Dolly varden to some extent as well in certain Arctic areas. Arctic char slash Dolly varden. Well, are they Dolly- the same thing or not? No, they're Why actually not? two different species. They and, are. And in Alaska, somebody lied to here, me. That this is this is my <laughs> this is my preaching for the day. In Alaska, Arctic char mainly live in lakes, and okay. Dolly Varden are mainly uh, mainly river dwellers and ocean dwellers. Okay. So, all right. It's confusing though because yeah, Arctic that, char elsewhere live in rivers and lakes, but yeah. not in the, or, or rivers in the ocean. Okay. But in Alaska, they primarily occupy are they the lakes. same species per se? No, no, but they're very closely related. Okay, yep. same genus. Yeah. 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 All right. So that's why I was confused. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's right. a lot of misperception about that in Alaska. Okay. All right. So when you get up north, like Barrow and such, do they set out nets for salmon? Uh, there are some subsistence harvest. Uh, salmon, not so much. There aren't that many. Um, mm. We, we, and by not that many, I'm, t- I'm talking. We, you know, we, we in our Beaufort Sea Project last summer, for example, we caught over a hundred thousand fish, and, and we're sampling from the beginning of July through August. Um, probably about half of those are Arctic cod, mm-hmm. and most of the rest are are one of those white fish species. Uh, we're getting relatively few salmon, probably less than 20 of two species. So pink salmon and chum salmon are all we ever see up there, but mm-hmm. very few individuals. It, now, it's interesting that over time we're seeing progressively more starting to show up if you look at the historical data set, and that's probably something to do with climate change. And, and pink salmon and chum salmon are colonizers, and so they're maybe starting to see a bit of a northward shift in, in mm-hmm. those species, but they're not terribly abundant in that area where we're working at. I remember living out in the bush, they'd set, uh, this is out the uh, western portion, if, if you got a king salmon in your net, that was a big deal. Yeah, a lot of pinks, uh, and dog salmon, that type of thing. And if you had a king on the early run, you know, that was like a big deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They and don't, it, they and don't show up a lot out in the West Coast. No, and it's, it's interesting, a lot, of, especially up in the Arctic, uh, Probably all of those salmon are actually strays, and so yeah. there's not self-sustaining runs in Arctic rivers, but rather, you know, a salmon from maybe the Yukon River, or the Unalakleet River may start strain and swimming yeah. up there, and so that's what probably why there's not a lot up yeah. there right now. And in the summertime, there's yeah, just an incredible facet of you know fishermen out there hitting the rivers and the lakes, aren't there? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we and we we only got a couple of minutes. Boy, we could keep talking here. <laughs> uh we were talking about Kotzebue and the, the she fish fishery, the subsistence fishery up there. Uh the she fish are big fish. Oh yeah. They're like salmon. I mean they're bigger they're in some cases. Bigger in some cases. Yeah. But uh, what was the number you popped out here? You said, you know, and mainly it's jigging through the ice, isn't it? Yeah, so that's so some years that subsistence fishery for she fish up in the Cosby Sound region is, you know, twenty thousand plus fish. Um so it's it's a it's a pretty significant fishery that doesn't get a lot of attention because it's not you know, commercial fishing gets a lot of attention because there's dollars yeah. attached to it. Recreational fishing the same way. Subsistence fishery, not. Just, That's not the case. The only thing with the sheep fish is air freight. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. getting them from one point to another. Yeah. And uh, but I tell you what, don't, they're big fish. Okay, uh, before we run out of time, internships that might be available? Yeah, so in our undergraduate fisheries program, we have a Bachelor of Science and a Bachelor of Arts degree options, and one of the requirements are internships. So all, all of our students have to complete at least one internship. Those are typically paid internships, usually with an agency. So Alaska Department of Fish and Game employs a lot of our students during the summer. And uh, it's a great opportunity for students to get a lot of hands-on experience and often leads to, to jobs and, and career opportunities after they've graduated as well. Does tossing salmon for a summer count? Um, Probably we, not. Well, we, we've been pretty flexible in how we've, how we've developed some of those internships, so you never know. We could, yeah. we could develop something along All right, online, uaf.edu slash cfos slash research slash fisheries. Go to ed, uh, uaf.edu, and I'm sure you'll find it. Absolutely. Uh, professors of Fisheries, uh, Trent Sutton, Andy Seitz, thanks a lot for coming in. This was fun. Thank you. Thanks, All Charlie. Right. And uh, do your warm weather shuffle anytime. Well, Rush up next. Drive with your headlights on. KFBX Fairbanks, it's 9 a.m.